What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? If you had all the money, all the time, all the knowledge, all the resources that you needed? What would you do with your life if you simply knew that anything was possible for you? My name is Christina Carlson, founder of Global Swedish Design and stationery brand Kiki K, and author of the book Your Dream Life Starts Here. And I love exploring these sorts of questions to inspire people to dream. Before I started Kiki K, I had a dream that I could bring Swedish design to the world to create beautiful products that bring sparks of joy into the everyday lives of millions. Now that I have achieved that dream, I want to help you dream big. I want to create a global movement to inspire 101 million dreamers to transform their lives and transform the world in return. Each episode, I'll be talking to some of the world's most inspiring people, exploring the powerful impact that dreaming has had on their lives. We'll be diving deep into the power of dreaming with real insights and ideas that you can use immediately to build a dream life of your own, whatever that means for you. Hi there, and welcome back to another episode. It's already February, and that means in my world and in my personal growth club, we are focusing on overall wellness, which is often very needed after the festive season and if you've been on holidays or on a long break. So this week, I have invited someone super inspiring in this space, and that is Teresa Cutter who is the founder of The Healthy Chef. Teresa is a classically trained and award-winning chef, plus cookbook writer, nutritionist, and accredited fitness trainer and media personality. Teresa is the founding director of The Healthy Chef functional food range, consisting of organically sourced proteins, collagens, superfoods, botanical tisanes, and nutritional-based whole food products. The Healthy Chef is also a boutique media and publishing company producing quality healthy cookbooks for the Australian and worldwide market. Teresa is so inspiring, so why don't we just get right into it? Hi, Teresa, and welcome to my podcast. Hey, Christina. Great to be on. Yes, exciting. I am so excited. As I said when we were talking earlier, I have all your cookbooks, and in preparation for this um, podcast, I took them all out, and I got a bit excited. And I actually particularly bought your baking one because I had never been a baker and don't love, I'm more of a savory person, but when the kids were little, I really wanted to, to bake healthy things for them. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. It's one of my favourite books. I'm a bit of a baker myself. So it was actually an extension to Purely Delicious, the first book I wrote, the big fat one. There were so many recipes that were left over that I wanted to put in the book that I couldn't fit in the book because, you know, they're about two and a half kilos each. Yes. (laughs) Two and a half kilos of recipes. And so we thought, oh, good, oh, we should make another book. And a lot of them were baked recipes and recipes from the cafe as well when I had the Healthy Chef Cafe in 2006. So 
we just threw them all in there and um yeah it's one of my favorites yeah i, lo- I love them and i love the thickness i have uh, i have both and i've been sitting all weekend um looking at them and i love cookbooks i'm a bit of a i don't necessarily always cook from cookbooks but i love looking at it and i often do that with my morning coffee and i just love it and my daughter she loves baking but she often don't love the healthy versions that i tend to do so i'm going to inspire her to look in your cookbook now oh thank you <laughs> look and like and to be honest it's just sw- swapping out a few things and maybe you know you could easily just cut the sugar by half in most of those recipes there's so much sugar in the rest recipes these days and even the traditional ones and just by cutting the sugar in half you know or by a quarter or whatnot you still get the same taste and no one really knows really no that's great anyway that was a bit of a sidetrack to get started yeah. oh. <laughs> I always ask the same question for every guest, and that is what is one dream you had as a child in terms of one thing you wanted to do or become or one day achieve in the future? Uh, Look, for me, as a young girl, as a young girl, I've always wanted to become an artist. (laughs) That was my dream. My mum was a very good artist um, back over in Poland before she came to Australia, and she taught me how to draw and paint and everything else so I you know that was a big big thing of mine based when I was young, younger as well as well as all through high school if it wasn't an artist it was going to be an art teacher or something like that ah that's interesting have you kept up some of them some of that as a as a hobby oh uh, you know what I was when I was back in Perth but moving to Sydney about it was it 19 years ago now almost 20 years ago it's just been I hit the floor running so I haven't had a chance to do any of that like over in Perth I had a big art studio and and whatnot and it's creative anyway like to me that's the thing with cooking and, and everything else it's it's a creative outlet that you can just you can put on some French music or some lovely music and you know you can either you can cook or you can paint or you can do whatever you want and it, it makes you feel good yeah absolutely and you know that's often what I because people laugh sometimes when they come to my house and see all the cookbooks when they realize that I don't necessarily use them for cooking I do love cooking but I, I often just get inspired but for me it's a creative outlet that I love the stories you know I love reading yours with you know your Polish background and your auntie etc I love all those kind of stories and for me that's a creativity that actually I don't have to do anything in terms of often when I think about creativity it's all creativity for my business but this one actually you know there's no pressure and I that's what I think it's a really beautiful way of getting inspired without actually having to do it or or you know do it for work or whatever I think so too and you know look you mentioned my auntie and uncle like they were the foundation to what I do today to what I'm doing and towards the health journey that I'm like and that I'm into they were pretty much my second parents we live with them a lot and healthy cooking and that was just in their nature and by the word healthy it's just just you know they had their own garden like most European families did and back then you know and everything was out of the garden everything was cooked simply there was no fuss it was all very budget conscious as well I think it's about and simplicity and freshness and that inspired me and it's it's quite funny now now we get so complicated with everything and everything's so complicated and there's this and that we can't eat this we can't eat that it's just like now like throw all that in the bin and just start going back to your basics I love that. Actually, before we move into lots of your tips and tricks on how to keep that basic, we have listeners from all over the world, which is always amazing. And I'd love you to maybe just share a little bit about your journey because there might be some people that have not heard about you yet. 
Ah, look, okay. So I had, when I was very young, health issues, a lot of health issues when I was younger. Um, I had a suppressed immune system. I was a little bit overweight as well and very, very unfit. At about the age of 10 or 11, inspired by my parents as well and also inspired by my grandparents, sort of like took my health into my own hands, you know, had some really good mentors along the way, took up sport, took up cycling and and, and that was my younger years. And then going back into when I became a teenager and then I became a chef because I love to cook, trained as a chef, qualified chef um, in the French tradition, so very much a hardcore type of upbringing there and double shift, started work at 5am, finished at 11pm type type of thing. But it was great. It was a great grounding for me. And then obviously like a natural thing for me, you know, because I love sport and I love health as well, to get into the healthy side of things. I competed in fitness figure here in Australia and I came second in Australia in fitness figure many years ago. I was a big gym junkie back in the day. It was weird because at that same stage I um, became a, like I trained as a personal trainer. When I was training people doing their, you know, doing their sit-ups or their presses or their squats and the ladies would ask me, they were saying, oh, I'm trying to cook this healthy lasagna, I'm trying to cook healthy for my family or for my husband. What do I make or how do I do it? And that's how it all came about in regards to me trying to convert these recipes that from the people I was training as, as well into to healthier versions so they could eat more fresh fruits and vegetables. And then coming to Perth, published three of my first cookbooks. They were Bite Me, Anti-Aging and Fit Food. They were the three very first books I did in 2001, actually. Then came about the 80-20 diet, which was pretty much, it was about eating everything in moderation, eat healthy 80% of the time and a few times a week, yeah, enjoy those little indulgences that don't turn you, you know, like it's about food being a sense of health as well as celebration. In 2006, I opened my first Healthy Chef Cafe, which was amazing actually. We were, you know, we're doing our own almond milks and baking our own granolas and banana breads and it was, it was quite iconic there. I loved it. I was in the kitchen most of the days. But then I think I wanted more. I wanted to bring out products and have food products as well when I had the cafe. And it was very, very hard for me as a single cafe to do that. So I ended up selling the business and starting The Healthy Chef as its own brand in 2012. It's quite funny because I started with protein. It was supposed to be a lot of granola. And we won all these awards for granola and and muesli at the Sydney Awards here. And then I turned around to my husband. um, I was dealing with some health issues at the time and my immunologist said, Teresa, you need more protein. Um, You need more protein into your diet. And I just couldn't find a protein powder that was suitable for my own health, my own constitution. And so I just turned around to him and said, right, that's it. We're going to start with protein and we'll just be doing that. (laughs) and yeah that's pretty much you know and that's the journey it's just been ever evolving based on what I've needed for myself really and then um, other people are loving it too I love it and I love so many of your products and one thing that I love is your hot chocolate I used to give the kids that version now my kids like to to sometimes do the more sugary ones but I love yours and I just reminded me that I need to to buy some more it's so good 
The Naked Chocolate was great. Actually, it was inspired from the cafe where we made real traditional hot chocolates using real, you know, like it was a Bellarona or Calibo chocolate just mixed into hot milk and drunk from a bowl. You know, all hot chocolates should be had from a bowl, not from a cup. And and you sip it slowly and you just savour the goodness. And the Naked Chocolate came about because a lot of the healthier chocolates these days were, you know, full of, I don't know, artificial sweeteners and milk powders and added fillers and, and whatnot. And I just said to my husband, I just needed to get something pure out there. And then you can sweeten to taste. If you want to add a bit of honey or you want to add a bit of coconut sugar or whatnot, you can do that. But control the food that you're eating and control the sweetness. You can, you know, you have full control. So that's that's how Naked Chocolate came about. Very, very happy with that. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Your main goal at The Healthy Chef is to get people cooking and eating healthier, eat natural foods, focus on fresh fruit and vegetables and just keeping it simple. I love that goal, but I do know that not everyone finds that easy. So can you give our listeners some tips how we can eat healthier and keep it simple? I think that's the word. It is getting back to basics and keeping it simple and not making it complicated like we think it is. So many recipe books and recipes and, you know, there's all this greenwash, lots of information out there about eat this, don't eat that. And to be honest, it's, it's just simplicity, fresh fruits and vegetables, a little bit of protein, some nice fats and get back to the basics. You know, have a look at a, a few of the foods you eat and cook them simply. You know, it can be a 10-minute steamed broccoli with some scrambled eggs or a frittata or something like that. It can be a smoothie with fresh strawberries and some Greek yogurt. That's a great breakfast. Listen to your body, how it feels, how it looks. Your body will normally tell you anyway. And really, really just keep it simple. Like if you cook for yourself, you know exactly what's going into your body. And that's really important to me. Don't trust anyone else to make and make that choice for you it's pretty much your health is in your own hands so don't make it complicated i agree i'm so aligned with that when i started my business many years ago i didn't have a lot of time and uh, i didn't have a lot of money so i used to do like a big batch of soup every Sunday (laughs) and I used to eat it like lunch and dinner and they always laughed because I always came with my big pot to the office but I think keeping it simple as much veggies as possible is my kind of way and that's always you know with the kids I always said you have to have 15 veggies a day and my kids used to run and get herbs before I you know asked them to say what what kind of veggies they had just to make it up but uh, you know obviously 15 doesn't have to be 15 but it was more just to kind of focusing on on getting as much veggies into us in a very simple way just to you know eat a tomato instead of go for something packaged for example just very simple you know what that's right christina you've actually hit the nail on the head a lot of people think they have to especially with you know diets and weight loss programs and even healthy eating programs that are out there these days they think you have to cook something different every single day but you don't you know a great tip was that beautiful soup exactly make a big pot of soup beginning of the week have it for three or four days after you can eat the same bowl of soup every day for lunch you can have the same smoothie for breakfast in the morning there's nothing wrong with repetitiveness and and making it easy for yourself 
Yeah, absolutely. And even like because someone, I have a personal growth club where we read a book a month and it's always about personal growth and health and wellness, etc. And um, someone was asking me what I do for lunch and most like now when it's summer here, I love salad and just it basically just take me five minutes to kind of just cut up some, you know, salad or lettuce or, or I eat a lot of cabbage. I, I love cabbage and I just, yeah, and I love olive oil and I love lemon. And then it's just very, especially in summer it's very very easy oh it's so easy and that's what thing for me here as well and even the girls in the office you know it's pretty much a salad for lunch because it's easy it's portable you can make a big salad the night before you can take it to to work or you know just put a bit of olive oil some lemon juice and away you go and then top it with whatever protein you want or a few nuts and seeds and so easy so easy yeah yeah, I absolutely love it. With all the information out there, there's like lots of different diets, different advice, lots of different supplements and superfoods for anyone kind of starting to think about really changing. Where do we start? I suppose for us, like health is so different for each of us. Most of us have our own health issues that we're trying to sort out, whether it's, you know, high cholesterol or digestive issues or immune system issues. And I think you have to just say okay what do I'm trying to fix you know or even if you're not trying to fix anything how can I make what I do better and for me I personally I started with protein because of my own health issues and um, I needed to get more protein into my diet and being a vegetarian it just made it a little bit difficult for me like I needed that liquid nourishment that was instantly absorbed so for most people it's greens it's protein it's vitamin c it's also getting out there in the sunshine and making sure you're getting enough sleep as well and making sure you're moving it's that whole triangle and focusing on your food movement exercise and also sleeping well and resting and people forget the sleep is such a a crucial thing and it all creates that nice little triangle of health when I had a baby that didn't sleep so well after I got through that, I looked at uh, my health and I, because I was working a lot and um, I actually, I went on a detox through a doctor. So I, I did like a three month detox and because of that, I, so I quit sugar, I quit alcohol, caffeine, all those kind of things that we sometimes overdo a little bit. And um, I fixed that, which meant that I slept better and because I slept better, I got up earlier and exercised and had space for me and because of that I had time to cook and eat better it's just a you know when you fix sleep I think that just solves so many other health issues that we might have definitely and you know what the detox side of things is fantastic it's like an oil change for your car isn't it it's a total reset for your body to get back into some sort of a balance I love detoxes. I normally do them every, you know, three to four months just to get my health on track and just to reset some of those little habits that might have crept in there and then, you know, just to give your whole body a bit of a a clean out and a balanced yeah, absolutely. I do it every quarter as well. Last year, because of the craziness that I went through, and most of us did in some way, I didn't as much, but I'm just about to, I'm doing a bit of a fun run in Feb, and then after that, I'm going to do my detox. And for anyone who are thinking about doing a seasonal detox, have you got any tips for our listeners? I do, actually. I've actually got, on the Healthy Chef website, I've actually got a whole detox plan that you can follow, which is fantastic. It's under the wellbeing section in the diets page. But even if they Google detox and that, they'll they'll be able to find lots of information and on how to do it. And for me, 
a detox isn't about just lemon juice and and water and maple syrup and apple cider vinegar. For me, that's not a detox. And your body needs much, much more than that and to nourish and to heal its cells, keeping it simple, keeping it mainly plant-based, but also incorporating the protein into your diet as well. And your body needs that to rebuild cells. It's all about eating fresh, unprocessed, seasonal foods, avoiding pesticides, preservatives, all your processed refined sugars and keeping it simple. Maybe for the morning you have a nice green shake or a green smoothie uh, or a nice little a smoothie with almond milk and a, a spoonful of Healthy Chef protein. Maybe a lovely, I make a detox salad for lunch, which has got beautiful leafy greens, some nuts and selenium or some pesto or some olive oil on there or a green minestrone or a vegetable soup at nighttime or a beautiful hummus with roasted carrots or something lovely like that. So still feed your body but keep it beautiful and pure and natural. Yeah, I love that. I um, do very, something very similar, so good to hear that I'm doing it the right way. <laughs> one of my dreams is, is actually to one day become a health coach. So many people who join my kind of little community, perhaps we all have our own health issues and it's always would be great to be able to support. So that's on my dream list, but not quite yet. <laughs> but um, saying that, in by the time we're releasing this episode, it's February and I'm actually doing a Feb fast with some of of the people in my growth club. So have you got any tips for anyone who are doing FebFast and for anyone listening and are not familiar with FebFast is basically getting, for most of us, it's alcohol, but it could also be sugar, caffeine, whatever, whatever we have that we perhaps would like to reduce a little bit. So have you got any tips for us? I have actually. And, you know, so many people are doing that. So many people during COVID especially have just overindulged in everything. And this year is the year, I think, for people to get back into balance, getting healthier. And for me, like in regards to alcohol, yeah, a lot of people and my husband and I included, um, mineral water with a beautiful squeeze of lemon, make your own cocktails. We make a beautiful gut collagen margarita here in the office or mix our immune support with mineral water and just put a some fresh lemons and and limes in there and it's fabulous you don't need alcohol as such with sugars it's the refined sugars for me but I still eat the natural sugars like blueberries blackberries kiwi fruit strawberries I love it or with caffeine like in particular even though I love my coffee I have about one a day or two a day a lot of us tend to drink a lot more than that so I see that as a green tea or a matcha tea, even though it's still got caffeine in in there, you won't get those caffeine headaches. You know how when a lot of people reduce coffee, they start getting headaches a few days after. So things like with green tea or matcha tea as a replacement, you still get a nice energy hit, but without the insulin and adrenal spike that you get from coffee. And it's also high in antioxidants. So it's, it's a nice I suppose, calming energy rather than like a big spike up and a big spike down within an hour, you know. So I'm loving my green teas and my matcha teas, not as a coffee replacement, but not as a caffeine replacement. Yeah. I love that because I actually did a year without alcohol and then ended up doing three and a half years. And then I went back alcohol last year. And um, when I didn't drink alcohol, I um, used to have 
for me, it's more about the ritual. So you kind of, I love cooking with a glass of wine next to me and I love um, finishing the day and kind of just have a drink. But um, I often have kombucha and especially when I did alcohol-free completely, I had kombucha in a champagne glass or if if I was <laughs> if I was out, I um, because sometimes mineral water gets a bit boring after a while. So I used to have a little bottle with the apple cider vinegar and put it into my mineral water when I was out just to make it a bit more exciting. So things like that, I think. Yeah. I think that's fabulous, which is fantastic. And if you, especially if you're enjoying it in a beautiful wine glass or a champagne glass, it makes it special. And I think that's what you do. So you treat it like you're making a cocktail, but it's not. And that's right. It's about getting out of those older habits and forming new ones to take their place. Yeah. And I think doing... Um, cocktails without alcohol and even like juices like there's so many amazing things we drink and it's the good thing is when you actually get rid of the alcohol you you're not just freeing up the energy for that time you the day after you feel so much better because sometimes I would just feel like even after two glasses of wine I feel it the day after so I think once you quit that you have so much more energy to kind of think about creating new juices or or start um other you do and you know what you and you even feel like getting up at 5am in the morning and going for your morning walk you know so i think if you drink alcohol at night it stops you from doing that because you're just too tired absolutely and it's funny because i just started last year drinking alcohol and my word of the year for 2022 because i just started a new business so i'm going to be i need to be really focused my word of the year is consistency to kind of do what i need to do every single day because i used to have a big team and now i'm in a startup again so there's a lot of things i need to kind of get back to basic and being consistent with and um, i was saying to a friend like the word of the year consistency and alcohol actually do not work because I, I walk every single morning, but I replace it with run three times a week. And um, if I had a glass of wine or two the day before, I just can't do it. So I think it's good to have that kind of fab fast to kind of reset yourself and see if you can change some of those habits. Yeah, consistency is a good word, you know, and if you're consistent with anything enough, you'll get success. Absolutely. So I love your passion for cooking. For anyone who wants actually to start cooking healthier meals, can you just give us some tips where to start? Because I think, I mean, we can keep it basic and we, we know, I think most of us know what to do, but just maybe a couple of things to to get people started, to go back to cooking. Because I think with the um, last couple of years, you know, a lot of takeaway home meals and things kind of replace that. But I also do know that some people actually started cooking. So I think it's very depending on which way you went. But for me, certainly it was more takeaway because when you have school at home or homeschooling and then because it was all of a sudden it was like three meals a day plus the different times and snacks I felt like I was running a canteen at some stages <laughs> oh I know I know I look look I've had the same experience I personally don't ever buy food out I like to cook for myself purely because I know what I'm putting into my body and I know how it's made I know if it's made with love and it's made with your hands well then it's going to feed your body and it's going to help you know give and give your body everything it needs as, as as well as the energy that's going into the food and I think for me that's really important but it's about not making a recipe complicated or not using too many like ingredients I think a lot of people get overwhelmed for me it's, it's a little bit of planning as well it's nice when you it's nice when you plan it at the beginning of a week or on a weekend you have a look at what's in season and you, you can even just make small tweaks to what you do now if you go 
if you go to the supermarket or if you go to your, your local farmer's market and you see some beautiful seasonal fresh asparagus or broccoli or some vegetables, cook one or two of them, you know, just steam them, steam them up, put some lemon juice, olive oil and have that with some fish. It's as simple as that. I think, you know, it's a meal that you can have in five or ten minutes and it doesn't have to be complicated. Swap your toast and jam for strawberries and yogurt, for instance. Like I think so many of us think that it has to be complicated. Um, I know my sister over in Perth has got a few of those boxes, those meal kits that get delivered to you and she ends up just looking at it going, oh, you know, I ended up cooking some of my own stuff and, and not even doing that and using that. So I, I think it's about getting back into the habit of cooking for yourself but just keeping it, you know, I say that word, but just keep keeping it simple and not using too many ingredients because it can be wasteful. It can be wasteful and you get people get too overwhelmed. And um, there's nothing wrong with making a gorgeous hummus and putting some roasted vegetables on that and, and having that as a gorgeous dinner and maybe having that two days in a row or, you know, just simple stuff like that and stuff that's not going to take too much time. Or if you're at work, just throw everything into a, a slow cooker and have everything, the next, you know, as soon as you get home, you've got a beautiful chunky minestrone or something like that that's, fin- that's finished cooking. I love that. You know, it's funny, I often, when my kids are a bit older now, but when the kids were little, I always got the question why why I got them to eat so many veggies. But I think veggies are so yummy. If you put, I always buy, I love, I didn't grow up on this side of the world, so the French butter to me is just so yum. So I buy French butter and really good quality salt. If you steam any veggies and put a little bit of a, uh, French butter and salt, you just can't go wrong. It's just so good. And the, and everyone who comes here, like we, the kids would eat the veggies as if it was lollies, um, especially when they were younger, because that's just what I always fed them. And it's just, we're so simple and, it, you know, it doesn't require any recipe. You know what, it doesn't, you know, and really good quality butter and beautiful flake sea salt on anything will make anything taste good. And you are exactly right. You put that on anything. And I think I do that. I do that to most of my husband's veggies, especially his Brussels sprouts that he has. And he'll just eat it all up because it's just, you know, you've got a bit of butter and salt on there and um, away you go. Yeah, my little Tiffany, she loves Brussels sprouts and often asks for it actually for breakfast because I I do um, put French butter, salt, and then I squeeze lemon lemon over it. It's so yummy. So, um, yeah, simple but super yummy. Oh, totally. Yep, yep. Christina, perfect. So how do we know that we will get all the important nutrients in our meal and what kind of supplements do you recommend for someone who are already healthy but want to make sure that they are getting it all. Okay. I suppose in in regards to putting together healthy meals, there's this great thing I've got on my website. It's a great guideline called the Healthy Plate. It's um, it's got proportions of veggies, protein, healthy fats, fruits and veggies, and and whatnot that you need each day in like in order to create a basic healthy meal, which is fantastic. But so long as you have your fruits and veggies, your protein, and your healthy fats, and build your meals around that, and focus your meals mainly on fresh veggies, and then adding your protein there each day, just a little palm size handful of protein every day, and for me, and for me, that's the that's the biggest thing. It's fruit, veggies, proteins, antioxidants, healthy fats, and the antioxidants are in the fresh fruits and vegetables. And in regards to supplements, for me, 
it's it's all about pro and protein is always first so that's a supplement for everybody to take and that's based on your own health constitution anyway and your activity level how much you exercise how much you don't exercise whether you're pregnant, breastfeeding or whatnot, different people need it and different amounts of protein based on their constitution. Then from that you build the greens. We've got a beautiful supplement called Everyday Greens, which is is low FODMAP, tastes amazing and just mixed with water and you can drink it every day and it just makes you feel fantastic and it's not going to make you bloat and doesn't taste awful it tastes delicious even kids love it mixed into yogurt which is a great source of probiotics as well and it's wonderful and then obviously all your immune things we've got this um, amazing product called immune support that's um, like God, 10 times the amount of vitamin c you need in one teaspoon Uh, it's got zinc vitamin c D and zinc, which are the three key things for keeping your immune system healthy and strong. So, yeah, just those things for, you know, in regards to subs and food. Mm, I love that. Thanks for uh, mentioning I was going to talk about immunity because I often say to people, instead of worrying about how many cases and all the stuff that's coming out in the news, I said, worry about your own immunity instead. And imagine if you put all that energy into your body, then we will all be become much healthier. I tell you what, my if you're eating and my and my favorite fruit for the immune system would be kiwi fruit. So if you can get your hands on kiwi fruit, that's fantastic. It's their power packed little bundles of vitamin C, and they're so good for gut health as well. It's amazing. And I also, you know, I've got a great on the website on the Healthy Chef website. I've got a beautiful immune boosting chicken soup if they're into the immune system, which is amazing. Lots of garlic, lots of turmeric, lots of ginger protein, collagen, all infused in the soup, which is um, totally amazing for your body. I love that. Thank you. And um, for anyone listening, I'm going to link to to all this um, in the in the show notes so everyone can find it easy. What is your number one go-to dinner when you are hungry and don't have a lot of time but want to get a healthy dinner? For me, I love frittatas. Anything with eggs, uh, you know, so I, I, I normally get some great organic eggs, fresh garden herbs or some pesto that I've made in the fridge, and some grated zucchini, put it on the stove or in the oven quickly, top it with some, you know, from some and some feta or get what, all the leftovers I have in the fridge and put them in this um, frittata, all the, all the veggies and everything else. So that for me is my go-to if I'm busy. Look, I'll even have if I come home late and um, and it's it's too it's really too late to eat anything big because I'm not a big eater at night. I'll have a little protein shake or something like that with some strawberries or some blueberries just to get something into my stomach, or even a soup. Love a love a good soup. So just a beautiful veggie minestrone is um, is my go-to. I love that. Me too. And one thing, especially this time of year for us being on this side of the world, the tomatoes now are so yummy. So just tomatoes, basil, salt, pepper, olive oil, and a bit of burrata or um, buffalo mozzarella or something, just simple. That's just so nice for dinner, I think. (laughs) I love it. That's perfect. And, you know, just drizzle that with some olive oil, some balsamic or, you know, a bit of uh, lemon or chardonnay vinegar, and then away you go. It's beautiful. So good, so good. One of my biggest challenges is snacks because I don't really snack a lot myself, but the kids need snacks for for school and also I feel like they're always looking for snacks. Can you recommend some 
healthy, ideally a little bit sweet because that feels like what the, what they want. Because one of the things that get me really frustrated in the house is when I see things packaged. It's just something that just doesn't agree with my, you know, I know that I, you know, has to be balanced because I feel like otherwise they will go and hide it. <laughs> but um, but um, I love to be a bit better at actually creating healthy but perhaps a little bit sweet snacks. I tell you what, if your audience can go onto the website, I've just created it. We had a um, thing on Instagram on about it on the weekend. It's my nut-free protein balls made from tahini and my naked chocolate, a little bit of maple syrup, a little bit of water there, but it's just amazing because kids can take them to school because of the nut allergies and stuff like that these days. So it's beautiful. It's creamy tahini, rich in in protein. We've got pea protein. We've got naked chocolate, rich in magnesium, sweetened with a bit of natural maple syrup. And it is out of this world. Kids love them. They're like little, little balls of chocolate, but they're good for you. Also, my oatmeal choc chip cookies, I think they're on the website as well, and as well as my cookbooks as well, they are to die for. Oatmeal, a little bit of honey, some olive oil, you've got a few choc chip chips in there, and they are magic and so much better than the store-bought versions. Or, you know, when kids come home from school, you make them a banana smoothie, throw in some tahini some almond milk or whatnot and whiz them up a smoothie. You can even freeze the smoothies into into popsicles and they can have a little healthy popsicle when they go home, when they, when they come home. It's, a, it's great. Yeah, I love them. And I saw your chocolate balls over the weekend. I actually wrote myself a note. I'm going to do them next weekend with Tiffany. They looked amazing. Oh, look, as soon as we made them, all the girls in the office, they <laughs> ate them. There was none left for my husband and myself. <laughs> And so, That's a good yeah, sign. it's a great sign. It's a great <laughs> sign. So it's 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 really good. We've got a we've got a nice, beautiful team here in the office that they they tell me, you know, like oh, then we want to make this, we want to make that. Oh, let's do this. And but then I know if it's good if it's all gone from the fridge. Yes, I love that. I love that. For anyone who has not got any of your cookbooks yet, um, which one should they start with? I love them all. <laughs> I do too, but you know the the tried and true. Uh, is purely delicious. That's the first of the big, thick ones that I first published, The Healthy Chef. It's the reason why it's so good because it's got a bit of everything in there. It's got, you know, you've got your smoothies, your breakfast, lunch, dinner, some sweet stuff in there, some beautiful baking. It's got my healthy carrot cake in there as well and all my little banana breads, but it's got some gorgeous salads. It's got some meals that, you know, anywhere from beautiful chicken schnitzel to vegetarian food to to even a beef bourguignon, awesome fish dishes as well. So I think it's, you know, it's very flexitarian, lots of veggies and, and all that sort of stuff, but also it has your meat in there as well. And, and some of the favourites there for baking, like, you know, the most amazing apple crumble you'll ever eat as well. Yeah, so I think Purely Delicious is the way to go if you're buying the book for the first time. Yeah, great. Thank you for sharing. Uh, I agree. I love I love that as well. Actually, let's talk quickly about meal planning. What's your tips? I do my meal planning on Saturdays and then I kind of order online and then I go to the market if I have time. But what's your tips for anyone who kind of wants to get into 
bit more of a routine because I believe you are also a bit of a meal planner. Yeah, I am. I, it, look, it's, I think it's important. Like every chef has to do it for a restaurant or a cafe or whatnot. Everyone, you know, every personal trainer has got to do it when they're training clients. So I think in regards to planning and prepping, you know, it's about planning your meals for yourself. I think it's so many, like it's so important because it keeps you organised. And so for me personally, I'd like to make a, a big batch of a soup or something. Like it, it's called a wet dish more more than anything. So it'll freeze well, um, something that freezes well, something that um, you can reheat well and something that keeps well and you can take to work and portable. I love making um, my little, I've got beautiful earth burgers from the book Purely Delicious that I, that I make on a regular basis you know, or a big massaged kale salad that'll last three or four days in the fridge and I can just add whatever protein I can to that or a big batch of homemade hummus that I can um, have with veggies. So I, I think it's just about finding the things that you, you like to eat, you want to eat and make, making those little tweaks to the and to your health and then going, okay, how, how can I use this for my next meal? A lot of the times what I have for dinner I'll take for lunch the next day if it's portable that way or I'll have for dinner the next day as well. And my husband will normally eat everything twice. Or if I'm buying a big iceberg lettuce for my husband and myself, it'll last us a few days. So I suppose trying to use up everything that you have in the fridge, you have less waste as, as well and don't get too overwhelmed with too many ideas. Yeah, thank you. It's all about keeping it simple. I am curious to know, have you got a morning ritual? Have you got a way you start your day or is it all a bit different? I'm a, I'm a girl of routine. If I don't have my routine, <laughs> I'm sure you are as well, Christina. But sure am. I, yeah, I've got to have my routine. I have my ritual. So it's like in the morning I wake up. I tell my husband to set the clock for 5, but sometimes it's 5.30. I go for a morning walk. And I think for me that's like my meditation. And I've got to do that walk in the morning. If I don't do that walk in the morning, I feel a bit out of sorts. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. I can't function. I can't actually start working until my, my walk is done, even if I sometimes, you know, I have to do a little bit later than first thing. So, yeah, I can so relate to that. No, it's totally right. And then it's like meditation. I'm there by myself doing my own thing. I've got things going around in my head. I'm thinking about a few things or I don't think about anything. And it's an hour for me. So I love that. And then... Obviously, I come home, I'm off to the office and um, I start work, you know, have a long black and whatnot and then I have my smoothie in the morning pretty much about 10 o'clock. I don't have breakfast straight away. I normally have my greens, just some greens and water when I get up in the morning and my breakfast for me starts at about 10, 10 o'clock and it's normally, it's normally a strawberry shake or something like that, something quick that I can blend up in the office. But that's, that's how I start my day. Quick, easy, but it, it's it's got to be the walk first thing in the morning. And even when we go on holidays, it's really important for me to go, where am I going to go walking in the morning? So I try and even keep that ritual going where I'm away. I think it's important for everyone, for all of us, whether we have to hit the gym or go somewhere, we've got to, I've got to have that hour. Yeah, exactly the same. And, you know, I, um, I walked this morning and I was so excited about doing this podcast with you today and I was uh, trying to find a podcast you've been on to kind of get into the flow and as I was walking with this 
because it's summer here, it's so beautiful weather and, you know, seeing the sunrise and listen to you being interviewed by someone else. I was just thinking it's so amazing to be able to get up early, you know, have legs to walk with and fresh air to breathe and being inspired. So thank you for all the things that you are doing because it's really so inspiring. But before, Thanks, Christina. <laughs> thank you, before, I, I just want to have one more question, two more things, and then we'll finish up. But um, um, this is so inspiring. So it's a little bit longer than uh, first plan, but so, so inspiring. Have you got a favorite nonfiction book that you can recommend? Oh, oh, this is from your book club, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> mm. Well, it's more just um, if you have one that you love or, it could, I mean, it could be a novel as well. It's more that we tend to read. Is there one that's, um, that you love? Uh, look, you know, Christina, I'm a bit like you because I'm obsessed with cookbooks, so all I read is cookbooks. <laughs> in terms of nonfiction, I was a big reader in my younger years, but I'm just trying to think now it's just been TV series and movies, not not so much books. So my husband and I write into the Ozarks at the moment on Netflix and, um, yeah, what else can I just say? It's, uh, I'm more of a cookbook person, Christina. Yeah, yeah that's fine. And there's so many amazing stories in cookbooks. That's why I absolutely love them. Yeah, me too. And, yeah, I can't um, over the top of my head. No, sorry. I should have given – I normally actually always tell people, but for you I, I was so into the food questions I completely forgot to ask you, but I just thought I'll ask you just in case. Just in case I'm a, I'm a reader. I, look, <laughs> to be honest, I spend all of my time at work. <laughs> so, yeah, so in regards to in regards to working 12-hour 12, 12 days and stuff like that, I'm thinking, oh, you know, mm, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't have days off. <laughs> no, I um, I hear you. Knowing what you know now, with all the amazing experiences you have had, if you could give some advice to your younger self, what would you tell yourself? What comes to mind? Oh God, you know what? I don't. It's it's funny, isn't it? It's um, I think it's about listening to my grandparents more, listening to my parents more as well. I, you know, when you're a bit younger, you're a bit rebellious. I was, I was um trying to escape from my bedroom window every night going riding and on my push bike but I was a very like a rebellious girl so yeah I suppose listen to your parents more study more listen to your grandparents more and actually even see them more because you know my grandparents aren't around now and for me that's a big thing you know because that was such a big part of me growing up and as you get older and busier with work and, and whatnot you just you take that for granted when you're younger, but now for me it's like you know like I wish I had spent more time with them when I was growing up. I think that's what I would tell myself. Yeah, such a good one. And I think um, especially when we're young, we um, think we have so. I mean, we do. We have so many years ahead of us, but life goes so quickly. And um, when we are growing up, and we think we our parents and grandparents are around forever, but of course that's not the case. And it's really to make the most of it. It is it's to make the most of us, and like, and that's why you know it's so important. Like, you know, my parents are in Perth. I haven't seen them for two years, and it's devastating for me. And I just can't wait to get over there and see them. So we've got flights booked for March, April, May, and June, and hopefully in one of those months you'll have the borders open. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I will keep my fingers crossed. And I think I think it's I think it's time to open up now and just learn to live with this. But anyway, that's for discussion. 
another time. That's another story. <laughs> yeah. I think we're all thinking the same yeah, thing. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> One of my dreams actually is to do a cooking class with you. I wrote that down when I started to be aware of you many years ago. So I'm hoping that one day I will see you in person and also um, do a cooking class with you just for fun. Oh, that, you know, Christina, that's fantastic. Oh, you know, I miss doing them. I used to take them here for 30 people or 40 people at a time at the Healthy Chef. And it's one thing that I just so love to do is cooking in front of people and teaching them and, you know, answering all their questions and stuff like that in regards to, you know, whether it's baking or just cooking at home and what they're doing. So, oh, it's it's a dream. So I'm, I'm hoping this year to introduce that back into the Healthy Chef as well. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I'll certainly be there. Oh, it'd be great to see you. Good. Thank you. I I just wanted to say a massive thank you for taking the time, but also for all the things that you're doing to keep things simple and remind us that it doesn't have to be difficult to be healthy. So thank you so very much. Thanks, Christina. It was lovely to talk to you. Thank you. Oh, that was so inspiring. And I just love her philosophy to keep it simple. If you are as inspired as me to be back to the basics and cook more and keep it really simple, please share with me what you got out of this episode in my Dream Life podcast Facebook group. I will link to it in the show notes. Also, if you know of someone who may need some inspiration for their well-being journey, or are interested in healthy cooking, please share this episode as well. I really, really appreciate it. I will be back next week with another episode, so don't forget to subscribe. And if you haven't already, please give us a review. I love reading them and I'm so grateful. Thank you. I will see you next week.